Good evening to our neighbors and listeners. We are coming to you live from the 215 here in Germantown. You are listening to the award-winning InfoHub Hour with Rashida Jamu, a.k.a. Philly's Freedom John. The InfoHub Hour explores all things happening in Germantown and the city of Philadelphia, and we cover them in an hour or less. Check out what's going on by visiting our website at GermantownInfoHub.org or on Twitter and Instagram at GTownInfoHub or on Facebook at Germantown Info Hub. So, it's election season, and in a little under two months, Philadelphia residents will cast their vote for various categories, which include Governor, U.S. House, and U.S. Senate. And with an election on the horizon, there is no better time to remind folks to register to vote and exercise their civic muscles on November 8th. And in honor of Voter Registration Day this past Tuesday, we are inviting Michael Cogbill to speak about vote riders, which is an organization that provides voter ID assistance to folks to ensure that everybody's vote counts, no matter who you vote for. And while folks may only know Cogbill for his latest run for Congress earlier this year, he's now the Pennsylvania Voter ID Coalition Coordinator for the organization, and he does work on the ground here and in Germantown very frequently. So we'll hear from him in just a few minutes. But for our second segment today, we're going to be revisiting our August 11th episode of the InfoHub Hour. That's where Maleka and myself, we chatted with Tohid Chappelle of Philly Cannabis and Andrea Lindsay of Pulse Philly about their marijuana center expungement clinics. This Saturday will be their final clinic of the season, so we're just giving folks who didn't get to hear it just a little bit of a chance. But there's no need to waste any more time. Let's start our first part of the show. This is me in conversation with Michael Cogbill about the work Vote Riders is doing around voter IDs and more. All right. Well, let's welcome Michael Cogbill to the InfoHub Hour. How are you feeling, Michael? I'm well, Chief. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm deeply grateful. Absolutely. We appreciate you being here. So first, we're just going to talk about the mission of Vote Riders PA. Talk about it a little bit, how you got involved, what the work is. What's even oh, most yeah. of the work that you do on the ground performing for the organization? Yeah, absolutely. So Vote Riders, uh, we're a national nonpartisan organization. We try to break any barrier that keeps folks from casting the ballot, from showing up to the polls. Our focus is voter ID in about 14 states throughout the U.S., uh, stricter voter ID laws are popping up in state legislatures. These bills are getting passed. I think it's going to happen here in Pennsylvania. You know, voter ID might come up as a constitutional amendment next year. But yeah, we focus on voter ID, making sure everything, that people have all the tools they need, equipped to show up to them polls. We'll help you get a driver's license, get a birth certificate. We might even help you get a passport if that's a decent enough reason to get you to show up to the polls and vote. But Vote Riders, we're a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization. We're about 10 years old. A woman who's an attorney, Kathleen Unger, founded the organization. We just started doing work in Pennsylvania. We're in states like Georgia, Milwaukee, Florida. Texas is really important. Texas is off the hook. But Pennsylvania, we're off the hook, too, when you get into the middle of the state which folks call Pennsylvania. So yeah, Vote Riders, like I said, we're a nonpartisan uh, organization and we focus on making sure people have the proper ID needed to cast the ballot. And Pennsylvania, 
you only have that you only need an ID if you're voting for the very first time. That's also something that folks have to understand. In Pennsylvania, we don't have strict voter ID laws. Only if you're voting for the first time or if you're voting by mail, you need an ID. Any other time to show up to the poll, you don't need any for it. And you can use a student ID here in Pennsylvania. You can use a military ID. It's multiple. Any form of ID that you can use if you're a first time voter, vote riders will help you get that ID. Because our laws aren't strict, we focus on direct service and um, helping people get IDs is like the direct service that we focus on. Cool. So the work again centers around voter ID laws and like the possible restrictions that people may face. So I know that there's a long history of like voter restrictions, oppression, suppressions to kind of hinder and discourage different demographics of people from voting. So maybe yeah. you can share some of that historical connection to what we see as voter ID restrictions today. Right. Well, I think, and, and I got to be careful because we're nonpartisan. We don't really like dive too much into the, to the policy aspect. But just think about the fact that we don't have like permanent voting rights in this country. You know, we're talking about like the John Lewis Voting Rights Act expanding voting rights, that's an egregious fight in this country in, ad in addition to reproductive justice. But yeah, th th that's the only way they're able to disenfranchise us. The masses, America is becoming more diverse. Like voting rights, that's going to be our next biggest fight. We, we saw what happened in the middle of the night to reproductive justice. I, I felt like talking about the act to codify Roe it was a little bit too late. I'm, I've, I've been in electoral politics for the last 10 years, and I've never heard of codifying until our backs were against the wall. But I, I think this is going to be our next biggest fight, voting rights. That's the only way they can oppress us. If we don't show up, like Plato said, that the, the rule for not participating in politics is you're governed by your inferiors. I think voting rights and human rights, being able to choose your leaders, it all goes back, you know, to what we're dealing with in democracy, with our democracy right now. So you actually brought up that Pennsylvania has different voter ID laws and other people's. Ours, I think you said, are a little looser than other states. Yeah. So I guess this will be a great, a great time to kind of just identify what are the problems that you are seeing today as it pertains to these laws. It's really just for first-time voters. We haven't foreseen, like, any voter ID or a lot of first-time voters getting turned down. We have a lot of first-time registrants in, in, in Pennsylvania, a lot of young people like they're registering to vote. We hope that they don't get to the polls and they're turned down because they don't have a proper form of ID. Us being a part of the nonprofit ecosystem here, the electoral ecosystem, that's a help if folks are registering people, we can help them get the necessary IDs that they need. I mean, across the country, you see like races kind of being tight, super tight. And it really sometimes policy ideas not being ones of the masses, like the fact that we can't like completely cancel student debt. That's because in some legislatures, like it's people like me and you that aren't able to participate and make our voice louder. Therefore, we can't get the legislators that we need. So it it, it kind of the problems are like voter ID. Uh, it it trickles down to your everyday life. I think it, just making sure that black and brown people are identified. 
In addition, something else that boat riders we do, we pay for gender affirmations. If you want to change it, get a gender affirmation and, and make sure that's reflected on your driver's license, your birth certificate, your passport. We'll go ahead and pay for it. That's another way of, of keeping people's backs against the wall by not, you know, like adhering to their pronouns or the gender that they want to be identified by. But yeah, I think it's so many different aspects. This issue is multifaceted. Racism and the acts of racism is multifaceted. We got to play defense on all ends. But yeah, the ID piece, I, I think it's important on so many facets, especially when just talking about making sure that black and brown people had a, the proper resources and access to the resources that they need. I think the work we do is important because you need an ID to get a job. You need an ID for like public benefits. You need an ID to access SNAP benefits. We were talking to Phil Abundance about connecting with like SNAP providers and folks who help people get SNAP benefits to make sure that they're identified. So when they're trying to get some food, they're not turned away. And, and then even going into like the, the how nasty like voter ID laws are, are, even just voting rights laws are, in places like Georgia and Florida, you can't even like give people waiting in line water. Like if they're waiting at the polls and that's the only polling place within about 50 miles and, 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 it's a, and it takes a while for you to get in and cash your ballot, if you're standing outside, it's illegal to give people water or pizza or like fruit or, or to make their time the wait in line easier. So voting rights is always a fight. I, I think it's our next biggest fight in America. Uh, it's already a big fight, but I think it's going to get uglier. So again, so we're talking about how Pennsylvania is looser. So maybe since there's not necessarily a per se real problem, especially as it pertains to like first time voters, maybe right. you can kind of just outline some of like maybe what Georgia's ID laws might look like or what, you know, D.C.'s voter ID laws may look like. Like, you know, how is it different? I remember you said it was different. Um, ours is different yeah. than most places. So yeah. I, I think in, in Georgia, you might need an ID in any time you vote. North Carolina, they don't have ID laws. If you go to vote rock for folks who are interested in law and learning about the laws in other states, if you go to www voteriders.org and click on different states. They'll dive into like the voter ID laws in which are stricter and the ones that are looser. Uh, we also have a map, like an interactive map. And on that map, it'll tell you like which states have tough voter ID laws and which states don't. I don't wanna kind of speak on other folks' states because I'm primarily focused on the work here in Pennsylvania. Of but I, I will say, what they're trying to put on the ballot as a constitutional amendment is forcing folks to have ID for all elections anytime they vote and also raising the age to vote, but raising the age that you're able to cast a vote to potentially 21. That's a problem as well. But yeah, if, if we were to get that constitutional amendment on the ballot, we would have to vote on whether or not Pennsylvanians have to have an ID for every single election primary, general, special, doesn't matter. Like every time we go to vote, we'll have to have an ID. And that'd be dangerous because I could tell you, I can't find my ID right now. Yeah, mine's about to expire, so I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's I definitely feel it. And, and, and I do this work. I've, I've been in electoral politics for 10 years. Like I, it, it, it would be harmful. Mm -hmm. It would be harmful to our people. 
So how are you engaging folks? Like, how are you reaching them? Like social media, in person, like, you know. We got a national social media page. We're on Instagram and Twitter at, at Vote Riders. We're in the communities. We're tabling in communities over the weekend. Uh, we had the opportunity to connect with the Campus Vote Project and table at their uh, youth summit. Then we ran over to catch up with Councilwoman Kendra Brooks. She had a block party for young voters. We've tabled at No More Violence Day. We have a clinic right now running at the NAACP on Tuesdays from 10 to 3. You can come in and we'll help you get the ID that you need. And it's not just for first-time voters. Although that's our mission, if you're a job seeker, if you're looking for employment opportunities, if you're trying to access WIC benefits, whatever you need to be identified, like we'll help you get that identification. Social security cards, birth certificates, bring the babies, bring the kids. If you can't find their birth certificates, we'll help you out with that. But yeah, we have a clinic at the NACP every Tuesday, the one here in Philadelphia on Germantown, Germantown and Windrum, right across the street from the Wayne Junction Station at that NAACP branch, uh, we're running clinics and we can help you get an ID right there. You can reach out to Vote Riders, go to voteriders.org. We also have a helpline that, that I would love to share, but you can call or text 844-338-8743 and get some help with voter ID. Again, the number is 844-338-8743. You talked about the clinic, you're talking about clinics, obtaining IDs. Yeah. So I know that y'all also do things like seminars and things of the sort. So what are some of the things yeah. that you kind of like teach people when you help them to gain that knowledge and confidence around these laws and like obtaining their IDs and stuff? Voter education is really important to our organization and more so teaching people what, I, what to look for. So what IDs do you need in certain states? In Pennsylvania, you could use a student ID. In Florida, you might not be able to use a student ID. Uh, here, you can use a military ID. In Georgia, you might not be able to use that military ID. Uh, so making sure folks know exactly what they have to have uh, and then doing the advocacy to stop the laws, just making noise, letting black and brown people know voter ID is bad for us. It's not good. When we talk about marginalized people, when we talk about women of color, when we talk about our senior citizens, like voter ID laws are primarily meant to disenfranchise like those populations of people. It's not meant to help us. It's not meant to uplift us. So just making sure folks are educated, making sure folks are astute to the policies and in the bills that are coming down the pipeline as well. What are certain legislators thinking about? What type of bills would they advance before their sessions close or, or when session opens back up? Like what's on their agenda? And I can tell you in a lot of places is going to be voter ID and over 15 different states, strict voter ID laws have passed and, and they have become law and it could potentially happen in Pennsylvania. Are there any events that are going to be happening um, near or around? Oh, yeah, the absolutely. And you got to make sure you slide through this Saturday night. We're going to be at a King's Cafe 218 on 218 Shelton Ave. We're doing a GOT event with Young and Vibe Philadelphia, the League of Women Voters, Committee of 70, Black Voters Matter, uh, the Philadelphia NACP, the Pennsylvania NACP. And we're just going to hang out, 
If you've done issue advocacy with me before, you get a drink ticket, you get a little bracelet. We're going to try to do open bar. It'll be food there. But we just want to kick it with like-minded folks and prepare for a, a tough battle this November 8th. Don't, don't forget that's election day and we got a tough battle, black and brown people in this state, you know, all over the country. We're going to have some tough battles coming up when it comes to electoral politics and, and we got to get mobilized. So, yeah, join us at a King's Cafe 218 this Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m. We're going to be in there. It's going to be a good time. I expect to see some of my Germantown family and friends. So, yeah. So just one last time, how can people learn more and just connect around the work that Vote Riders does? If you go to our Instagram, if you go to our Twitter, go to VoteRiders.org. Check that out. Our, our social media handles are just at Vote Riders. Very simple. I'm in the communities. If you got an event you want me to table at, if you want me to bring, you know, Vote Riders infamous or, or even uh, set up a clinic. Y'all want to set up a clinic. If, if a certain group wants to set up a clinic, please reach out to, to myself. I'll share my, my phone number on here. It's 215-290-9862. But if you want to host a clinic, reach out and, and we'll help pay for IDs for people who rather patronize your organization, however it may be. Also, what we have something that's really cool, our voter ID help cards, organizations, Although they got to be registered 5013 organizations, they can order these cards that'll tell you what IDs you need and tell you a little bit more about our voter ID laws here in Pennsylvania. And uh, you can distribute them to, to the populations that you serve. But yeah, go to VoteRiders.org. Twitter, Instagram is VoteRiders. Facebook is VoteRiders. We're doing the work, we're showing up. We're new to the ecosystem here. We're coming with resources. We're coming with IDs for people. We'll even pay for folks to get Uber or Lyft to the DMV or the Department of Vital Records in order to get the IDs that they need to go vote. So we're, we're all hands on deck. We're preparing for 2023. We're here early. Like my man Wallow say, don't wait till it's too late. Like let's get on this issue now. Don't, don't until it's too late. Voter ID is going to become a problem. The only way they keep us quiet, the only way they keep us held down is by suppressing our vote. So yeah, don't wait until it's too late. Get with Vote Riders now, voteriders.org. Vote Riders on Instagram, Vote Riders on Twitter. Yeah, and much love to the Germantown Info Hub. She, th thank you so much for highlighting our organization, the important work that we're doing. And make sure ain't none of our voters in Philly disenfranchised. Make sure everybody can take part in this process. Absolutely. And that sounds like yeah. a great place to end. Thank yeah. you so much, Michael, for just coming on and being a heap of knowledge for everybody in the community and for the Germantown Info Hub. And we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you for everything, family. Much love, She. So again, that was Michael Cogbill talking about vote writers and voter ID laws. Please, please, please remember that every Tuesday, starting this past Tuesday to October 18th, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., the NAACP, Philadelphia branch, and vote writers, they host a voter ID clinic to help folks obtain their birth certificates, ID cards, and voter registration forms. Visit the NAACP branch location at 4458B, Germantown Ave on the dates and times listed above to get some assistance. Now let's move on to our next segment. 
All right. So Tawheed and Andrea, it is good to have you here on the Info Hub Hour. How are you both doing today? And while you're at it, just take that time to also introduce yourselves and let the listeners hear your voices so they know who you are. Hi, uh, my name is Tahid Chappelle, uh, pronouns he, him. I am one of the various organizers for the Philadelphia Cannabis Business Association. Personally, I am a medical marijuana patient and a cannabis journalist focused on uh, talking about the inequities that we continue to see in the burgeoning cannabis legalization space. Thanks for having me. Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Lindsay. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm the Director of Strategic Initiatives at Philadelphia Lawyers for Social Equity, or PULSE. I'm doing great today and I'm so excited for this discussion. Great, great, great. So today we are talking about cannabis, weed, and all the other cinnamon, synonyms, not cinnamons. That sounds good too, though. <laughs> but we're focusing specifically on the legal consequences, the disparities of it, and then how this collaboration between the two of you, right, is an important step in closing those disparities and inequities. So Tawheed, I'm going to just pass the floor to you to just give us a little bit of that background about Philly Cannabis' work, and then just add some of that context for the larger issue at hand that we're talking about. Don't mind if I do. Thank you so much for the space and the platform to be able to talk about uh, this awesome collaboration that PCBA is doing with the Philadelphia Lawyers for Social Equity. So let me start it from the top. The Philadelphia Association, Canada Business Association came to be after several confer conferences and programs were organized in Philly between 2018 and 2020. The Diasporic Alliance for Cannabis Opportunities Conference at Temple University in 2018 was actually my introduction to the Philadelphia cannabis scene when I first moved here. And after a few conferences and kind of group gatherings, you start to look around and you're like, oh, it's kind of the same people. It's really us. And uh, a collective of us looked around and said, hey, why don't we form up like Voltron and work together on making Philly the best market it could be for anyone who's interested in cannabis. More importantly, and most importantly, as a collective, we're working together to make sure that Black communities who've been destabilized and divested from here in Philly because of cannabis prohibition and the war on drugs should be at the heart and center of any discussions related to cannabis legalization, from home grow to who gets priority access and support in getting a legal cannabis license. Now, consider some of the details because I want to be explicit about what we mean about the people who've been harmed by cannabis prohibition and the war on drugs. Let's first acknowledge that the war on drugs was specifically targeted, it specifically targeted black and brown communities. In an interview with Harper's Magazine, John Ulrichman from the former counsel and assistant to the president of domestic affairs under President Richard Nixon explicitly stated how President Nixon crafted the war on drugs. He said, and I quote, the Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. You understand what I'm saying? We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war on black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know that we were lying about the war on drugs? Of course we did. Wow, just what a quote from that, coming directly from a person who worked with President Nixon. 
more than 50 years later, more than 50 years later, the effects on the war on drugs and focus on incarcerating black people for marijuana could is continuously being felt today. On 420 in 2020, the ACLU came out with a landmark report called A Tale of Two Countries, Racially Targeted Arrests in the Era of Marijuana Reform. It detailed marijuana arrests from 2010 to 2018 and examined racial disparities at the national, state, and county levels. It revealed more than 6 million arrests occurred between 2010 and 2018, and Black people are still more likely to be arrested for marijuana possession than white people in every state, including those that have been, and especially those that have legalized marijuana. In that report, specifically in Pennsylvania, Black people are three times more likely to get arrested for marijuana possession than white people. Locally, here in Philadelphia, Black people are still being arrested for marijuana despite a 2014 ordinance decriminalizing possession of marijuana in Philadelphia. So that's to say that police are still arresting way more Black people for weed more than anybody else. And this is according to two investigations by Billy Penn and the Philadelphia Inquirer. So for those that may not know, the 2014 decrim ordinance basically says that cops can only serve you a civil fine if you have less than 30 grams of cannabis on you or you're caught smoking weed in public. But still, the ordinance allows cops to arrest people if they have more than 30 grams of weed on them and if that person is either caught growing, selling, distributing weed, or if the police charge you with anything additional uh, that's either a misdemeanor or a higher offense when they cite you with whatever you're doing with marijuana. So if you have something on you, if you're doing anything, if you're buying weed, you're more likely than not looking at more than just a fine. You may be looking at incarceration. Now let's talk statistics real quick because this is important when we talk about explicitly who we're trying to help here. In Billy Penn's report, they said that black people who make up roughly 44% of the population here in Philadelphia comprised of 76% of all arrests for marijuana possession in Philadelphia between 2015 and 2018. That's the first four calendar years since the decrim ordinance uh, came into effect. Now, when some people are charged with the fine, arrested, convicted, put on probation or uh, on parole, we understand that there's a huge, huge hit that they take on their lives and the lives of their families and loved ones. Incarceration, anything on your record could really hurt you in terms of getting a job, in terms of finding housing, in terms of finding mental health resources, in terms of getting an education, in terms of getting a loan. All these things are stacked up against you. And basically to summarize this, what we're seeing is that people who've been incarcerated for a plant are not only facing a lot of barriers to re-entry into society, but being able to have a uh, conviction and something on your record really bars you from participating in the cannabis legalization, in the cannabis industry as well. Many people can't get a, a license to even operate a legal cannabis business, much less be able to work within the cannabis industry because of their um, prior conviction. So when we talk about, especially for PCBA, helping people who've been most harmed by cannabis prohibition, we're talking about the people who've been wrongly locked up for this plant and no longer have the opportunity to actually participate in the industry. Cool. Thank you so much for that. That was a lot. That was definitely a lot. But I think if anybody can help us and the listeners be able to understand that, um, understand the importance of clearing people's records and the like, I think, Andrea, that would be you. So when we had actually spoke outside the show, you had talked about the process being way more unimaginable than people would suspect, right? And even bringing up 
that pardons are a part of that process, right? So if you talk, if you would just talk about that a little bit for us and the role that Pulse plays in it. That's right. I really appreciate Zahid talking about some of these consequences here. And I really want to bring some focus on some solutions. So it is possible to clear your record for any criminal conviction in Pennsylvania, but you have to get a pardon if you have a conviction. So when it comes to cannabis, the Pennsylvania Board of Pardons has an expedited review program for what it terms these nonviolent marijuana specific convictions. So these convictions um, can be from any period of time and they really wanna see how has this conviction affected you? So the pardon process in Pennsylvania is totally free. You don't need an attorney to apply, but it can be a little bit difficult to really understand what to focus on. So at Pulse, we have a program called the Marijuana Amnesty Project, which is a way for people in Philadelphia, people who've been targeted by the war on drugs, who are living with these consequences, who are ready to move on, to get started on clearing their criminal record and have support through that pardon process. So the pardon process is going to be a pretty short application. And then there's a lot of waiting that happens. And then at a certain point, the Pennsylvania Board of Pardons will review your application. They may interview you and they'll make a recommendation to the governor. So we have seen some real changes in how the Board of Pardons is looking at these convictions where they're speeding up the process. They're not asking as intensive of questions, but there's still so much more that can be done that we are looking at tens of thousands of convictions through this war on drugs history. And the Pennsylvania Board of Pardons just doesn't quite have that capacity right now. So we really wanna be partnered with PCBA and other groups to really focus on the fact that this solution to this problem is not gonna be an individual process, but it always needs to be partnered with communities coming together and demanding systemic solutions. Whether that's mass pardons, it can be retroactive expungement as part of any legalization statute, but we really want folks to know that you can do something about your record now, but as, as communities of people who are standing up against this, we also wanna focus on bigger solutions too. And so I know that there is a difference between record clearing and record sealing, but sometimes people confuse those two for the same thing. So can you just make that distinction for people as well? That's right. So in Pennsylvania, there's a law called Clean Slate, which does automatic sealing of lots of misdemeanor convictions. So in, in PA, a lot of weed convictions are misdemeanors, which means that they qualify for Clean Slate. And that means they're sealed, which means they're hidden from public view. So if your new neighbor's trying to Google you, they're not gonna be able to see this conviction, but sealing does nothing about that conviction's actual record. There's still a physical record for it. It's visible by law enforcement. And so we recommend that people take it a step further to really clear their record. And that's where you get into the pardon process for convictions or if you just have an arrest that didn't result in a conviction, you can get that expunged. So those are the three terms here is sealing, which is just hiding it, but it's not hiding it from everybody. So it can still show up on a background check for work, um, even if you can't find it yourself. Uh, and then there's the expungement piece of it and then the pardons as well. Such good information that you gave, especially the distinctions. 
let's talk about these clinics coming up. Who would you recommend coming to these clinics? I know Pulse offers a, a variety of services and wondering if it would be good for folks who just want to learn more about those services to come out and uh, Tahid, if you want to add more on to what Andrea is saying as well. That's great. So we have a, a marijuana amnesty focused clinic happening on August 27th from 12 to 2 at the First Presbyterian Church in Germantown. Uh, it's 35 Chelton Ave. That's a clinic that anybody can come to. This is a clinic that will have attorneys from Pulse there to talk with you about your record and to help you complete your intake to, to learn about uh, the pardon process more in depth. And that's going to be a, an event that we can really help anybody, that it's totally free. Uh, you can complete your intake. It should take 10 to 15 minutes to walk through that intake process and have questions answered about your record. But we also really do want to be reaching folks who have these cannabis convictions as well. So Tahid can talk more about some more specific things that'll be happening at this clinic related to PCBA, which makes it special from our regular pulse clinics that we run. So Tahid, can I hand it to you? Yeah, in, a, in addition to having pulse and the attorneys there, um, we really want to make this a, a family-friendly event as well and to be multifaceted in terms of some of the um, programming and uh, vendors that we hopefully will be confirming this week uh, to help support this initiative. We want to do, um, we're hoping to get a voter registration partner, um, whether that's the NAACP or a local Germantown organization that does voter registration. Um, we're hoping to have some food at the event too, so people who are waiting in the queue to talk to an attorney can get fed because um, the body should go hungry. Um, and we're hoping to also be able to have a, uh, a doctor on the scene who does medical marijuana cards uh, signups to have people understand more information about how they can further protect themselves as a uh, cannabis patient or cannabis consumer, um, because having that card, uh, that medical marijuana card is actually really important. Many people know, don't know that even if you, um, even if uh, it's decriminalized, uh, possessions decriminalized in Philadelphia, cannabis is still not decriminalized across the state of Pennsylvania. So you can still be arrested for weed unless you are a medical marijuana, unless you are a card carrying medical marijuana patient uh, and you have that protection with you. Only certain cities um, in the state of Pennsylvania have decriminalized cannabis possession, but not everybody. So we're gonna have a doctor there to talk about the medical marijuana program and why it may be of interest for people to become patients to actually be able to start um, attending to, to their health as well. We're also hoping to have backpacks for those that have little ones that are going back to school. Um, we're hoping to be able to give out some free backpacks so that kids can go to school with some fresh swag um, to showcase. So uh, we're hoping to make this, like I said, a family-friendly event um, so that anyone who comes out can be uh, helped in some way, shape, or form. This sounds packed with not only great information and lots of actual logistics that go along with record clearing from with Pulse, but also I love to hear about all the other back to school and activities that you're that you're working with that that makes it a great event and it makes it a great community event. We have a little bit of time and I just wanted to go back to you to heed and is there anything else that you want to say that about 
these clinics and about the action and partnership that you're taking with Pulse to connect to this larger reparations movement? Yeah, I just want to say that, um, especially for Black communities in Philadelphia, that this is an important event because we know that cannabis legalization is going to be happening in this state. We know that there is potentially hundreds of millions of dollars in new tax revenue that will be open for cities to take advantage of um, and to funnel that money into different communities. And so I'm hoping that uh, by people attending these clinics, not only are they helping um, move forward with their lives without the stigma or anybody having this um, conviction you know, weighing them down on their on their um, case, but they are actually um, starting to increase their consciousness about the gravity of the situation that we're facing. Where, you know, what could Philadelphia do if, in a legal market, there's a hundred million dollars in new revenue? What can we do with that? How can we envision putting that money somewhere else, like affordable housing, mental health services, public schools, community violence prevention groups? So um, I want people to understand that this is a very big thing that's going to be happening, and we hope that people will uh, join us in making sure that Philadelphia and Pennsylvania can be the most equitable place um, come cannabis legalization. Thank you. Well said. Andrea, is there anything else that you want to add important from Pulse Philly? I loved what you said about the clinic being a community event, since we really want this work to be community building, that it's time to end the stigma from cannabis prohibition and having these criminal records. And we also need to come together to really demand more from our elected officials here, that this Pennsylvania Board of Pardons is, is doing what they can, but they're just five people, they have a limited staff. We need a solution that's going to come from the top to really help people be empowered to make these changes, to step into this market as Tahid is talking about, and really to repair some of this harm from the war on drugs. And that's something that we just wanna always be emphasizing that there, that we want to connect with people. We really hope you come to the clinic and that we can help you clear your criminal record. And that's such an important step forward, but we also need community driven solutions to these problems because of how this problem came about in the first place. Agreed, 100%. <laughs> the next clinic is planned for August 27th and the other for September 21st, 24th, excuse me, at the First Presbyterian Church on Shelton Avenue. Until then, can you tell us again how people should register for this event and stay updated with the work that both of your organizations are doing? Sure, we have a Eventbrite that's set up for pre-registration. Uh, we encourage people to register in advance for the event just so we can make sure that we are set up to help serve you at that event. Um, Tahid, I'm gonna pass it to you to actually give that Eventbrite link, but I also wanted to just give a quick plug that you can start the intake process on your own at any time by visiting our website, pulsephilly.org. That's p-l-s-e-philly.org slash intake. You can have that intake process started. You could go and do it when you hear this right now. You could do it at 2 a.m. in the morning. Uh, we really want people to, to get started. And that first step is the intake process, whether you do that on your own at pulsephilly.org slash intake or coming to our clinic on the 27th. Yeah, and for those that are listening, if you type in to your search bar on your phone or on your computer, 
bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash expungement two, the number two, it should take you directly to our Eventbrite. We'll also put the uh, Eventbrite link on phillycannabusiness.com. All righty there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sahid and Andrea. We really do appreciate you for not only just coming and talking about this work, but then also doing it. As y'all have stated that this is a very important step in healing the damage that Black and Brown communities have really endured and have been dealing with for generations now. Well, I mean, honestly, it's given forever. Um, <laughs> but um, for our listeners, remember that the expungement clinic will be happening on August 27th. And then again, on September 24th, that will be at First Presbyterian on Shelton Ave. But until then, I just want to say thank you again to both of you and we'll be in touch and we are looking forward to the clinics and how everything turns out. Thanks so much. We hope to see everyone there. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Please be reminded that this Saturday, September 24th from 12 to 2 p.m., Philly Cannabis and Pulse Philly will host their final clinic of the season at First Presbyterian Church at 35 West Shelton Avenue, where you can speak to attorneys about the expungement and pardon process, amongst so many other things. There will also be some food, water ice, live art, and even a medical marijuana car sign up at the event. And after you head there, you can find us at the 92.9 day to celebrate four years of community radio in Northwest Philly with Germantown Radio, Philly Forest, Germantown United CDC, Men Who Care, and many more organizations. There will be useful information and fun activities for everyone in the family from noon to 6 p.m. at Maplewood Mall, and it is free for all, so we hope to see you there. Well, Germantown, it is about that time. If you have a story that you want to hear covered, please just contact us at gtown.infohub at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Twitter and on Instagram at Gtown Info Hub, Facebook at Germantown Info Hub, and on our website at www.germantowninfohub.org. And additionally, we encourage listeners to text the Equally Informed Text Line, which is another program under Resolve Philly, and it allows Philadelphians to access information regarding Philadelphia services. The Equal Info Line is a free bilingual English and Spanish question and answer texting service that provides vetted local news and resources to subscribers. And to start asking some questions, you can text Equal Info to 73224. Equally Informed also supplies a community-driven print newsletter available at health centers and libraries all over the city. And well, that is about it. I am Rashida Jamu, aka Philly's Freedom Join. Thank you to our neighbors for listening and engaging as always. Thank you to our guests for speaking with us today. And until next time, maybe this Saturday, good night, Germantown.